Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Shot of Time. I'm your host, Steve Barnes. This week, we are not doing a recap. We're doing some Wheel of Time talk. I brought in a co-host that you do not know, but I know, and I'm going to get to know him very well. This is a guy from the Marshland Media Network. So, you know, he's got a mutual friend of mine in James. He's the host of This Movie's Gay. He's a Wheel of Time fan, and he has just finished reading all of the books. So we got to talk to him about this. So welcome from This Movie's Gay, it's Corwin. What's up, Corwin? Ahoy there. Hi. Ahoy there. I'm Corwin. (laughs) I forgot to tell you that we greet each other like sailors. Ahoy there, Corwin. (laughs) Ahoy there, Steve. Nice to to be here. Thanks for inviting me. I was so excited to read The Wheel of Time after watching the show. Um, And I'm glad that you're familiar with the book so that I had someone to like... (laughs) complain about fail to <laughs> yeah there you go okay well let's let's start getting into that um i want to get to get to know you a little bit first because nobody knows who you are corwin including myself now we've been talking a sure. little bit here um what i know you as besides a podcast host is like an insane reader so <laughs> you've, <laughs> you've read like what like 200 books this past year is that correct um, not this year. It was 2019 that I read 216 okay. books or something like that. Um, I haven't had a year like that since. Uh, <laughs> I kind of stopped reading regularly once COVID hit. Okay. Um, and then, and then after that, uh, I started picking back up once I had to start working again and commuting to work, but now I'm working remote. So I started reading less again. Um, it's a vicious cycle of trying to find time and books to read. Um, so finding the wheel of time was definitely great for me because I had suddenly 15 books that were rather long. Right. Yeah. That's why I got into it as well, because I was on a reading slump and needed something to read. I was like 15 mm-hmm. books. Hell yeah. I like the first one. So let's go. Well, especially cause like I try to read a lot of like queer books or books that do have queer characters in them Mm -hmm. uh so seeing the show and seeing um i don't know spoilers with uh (laughs) suan and uh moraine i was like oh let me get into these books i don't know how much of it is true to the book uh how how gay it is but i'm interested yeah yeah god i want to go in so many different directions now so (laughs) (laughs) but i want to stick to what i was going to ask you how do you read your books are you an audiobook are you a analog guy or do you do audio um uh digital books um if i can get the book in hand i will do that um but if i can't which is what i did with wheel of time i read on my kindle uh or on my phone and the kindle app Okay. Uh, so lot, that's how I'm able to read so much is because as soon as I finish one, I can go on to the next one. I don't have to wait for the library loan or anything <laughs> like that. But when I was reading those 200 books, you bet I had multiple books from the library. Okay. My work was right across the street from it, from a, a branch. So if I can do physical books, I will. But most of the time uh, it is digital and I can't do audiobooks because I can't pay attention. <laughs> <laughs> See, I was wondering, I can't do audiobooks either. And so I wanted to compare and contrast with you in that way if you did do the audiobooks. Because from what I understand, the audiobooks are a completely different Wheel of Time experience because they have like a male and a female reader. And they're both very like verbose. They do voices. They act things out together. Um, 
I, I haven't experienced it, so I don't know. So I didn't know if you have experienced that or not. Interesting. I might have to get them and then when I'm like playing games or something, put them on in the background because I do when I'm playing something or when I'm reading, I need I need some something going on for yeah. me to focus on it. Yep. Um, so that's the problem with audiobooks is when I'm, you know, just listening to them and I'm trying to focus it in the audio. I get so distracted, like yep. my mind goes off course as soon as <laughs> they'll say the word dragon. And then suddenly I'm thinking about dragons for like half an hour. And then I'm like, wait a minute, what is happening in this book right now? You're, uh, writing, you're writing your own book like while yeah, you're listening to a book. <laughs> literally, that is exactly what I'm doing. I'm writing my own book. As soon as they start talking about magic, I'm like, ooh, what if this is used for a magic mm -hmm. system? That would be fun. That'd be interesting and quirky. Um or they'll do a character will do something. I'm like, mm, that was a little, that was a little gay. Let me let me think about this character's gay uh, <laughs> entire persona. Um, let me start shipping them with everyone suddenly. That's that's where my mind goes in audiobooks. Okay, I can't do them. Like um, podcasts, I can do, but I can only do a podcast while I'm driving or while I'm walking or while I'm doing yard work or something like that. Mm -hmm. If I'm just sitting at the desk or if I'm like. I don't know. I, anything else, I cannot do a podcast. I can't sit in a room and listen to a podcast and stare at the wall. It does not work that way. Yeah. And I feel like if I drove, I might be able to do them driving, mm -hmm. but or, you know, audiobooks or podcasts, because I also I have I struggle with podcasts as well. Uh, listening. Um, I can do I like the little TikTok clips, uh, especially the ones that you post. Um, <laughs> so I can like hear the bits and pieces uh, and those are like snippets that I can pay attention to and I can follow. Right. Um, but having a whole full length podcast um, is hard for me. Um, but I try to listen to them when I can because my friends do them and I love supporting people. Um, but yeah, it's the same. It's the same situation where I'm like, I might be listening to it, but don't ask me what anyone said because <laughs> I don't remember because I started thinking of something else. Um, sorry. <laughs> Yeah, with books, I like, um, I'm, I'm like you, I have all the Wheel of Time books, you know, I have like, um, some paperback, some hardback, just depending on what I picked up. I prefer reading a book. But unfortunately, mm -hmm. my book habits have changed over the years. So the only time I'm reading is when I'm in bed and the lights are out. So obviously, I'm reading that on my phone. So much easier on your phone. You don't have to have right. a book light. You, yep. you don't have to worry about, uh, you know, falling asleep and suddenly losing your place or like mm -hmm. bending pages, uh, which I, you know, if you in my situation, accidentally falling asleep with your face on the book and then like suddenly you've got like pages and drool, um, you don't have to worry about that with the phone. You just, you know, it turns itself off. It's fine. What I do have to worry about, though, is like when I'm reading, like right now, I'm reading The Dragon Reborn. So like I'll read a couple pages in the living room. If I like have, you know, just nothing going on, I'll read the actual book. I'll pull it out, find mm -hmm. out where I'm at, which is pretty easy. And then like when I go to my audio book at night, that's when I'm like in my most chill state. So I'm like, what did I read earlier today? So <laughs> I sometimes have a problem going back and forth between the book and the, and the, uh, and the phone. But usually it's on the phone. Yeah. Now, I really wanted to ask you, I'm going back now because you okay. mentioned Moraine and Swan, which, mm -hmm. you know, in the in the show, they are our, you know, our gay characters. Mm -hmm. So you must have picked up 
on the book the term pillow friends did you yes so yes <laughs> so the pillow they, friends. they do say that they were pillow friends when they were younger like in the new spring and this is full spoilers we're not you mm -hmm. know we're not warning anybody about that in the new spring of course they were they were probably lovers they had some trysts but they I guess ended up heterosexual for the rest of their lives or something. I what's your opinion that, on that? <laughs> I I had a lot of thoughts on that. Like it's so interesting. Um, and that's one of the things I was worried about when I was reading. Um, because they they talked about pillow friends, and then in New Spring, uh, there was actually a moment where Swan kisses Moraine. Like it mm -hmm. it she says she kisses her. So I'm like, yes, we have explicit. <laughs> This is a queer moment. Right. Uh, and then especially with uh, Eli Elida. Yes. Um, she also has a moment where, you know, she's talking about taking pillow friends and mm -hmm. things like that. So you're like very queer. Um, and I was worried that when Sanderson took over that it would those would just all disappear. But he actually added a, a gay character, which there mm -hmm. weren't any uh, gay characters it, that I, I noticed um, in Robert Jordan's writing. It's like hit or miss for me because all of them seem to be very background or very like yeah. no point of view uh, for them except for Swan. But then they I guess they were like, ah, she's bi. She's going to end up marrying Bren. Um, you know, <laughs> so I, it would have been nice to have a more explicitly like queer character, uh, especially in one of the characters that we see their point of view a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but unfortunately we don't. Um, but I do like that at least he was able to put in like pillow friends and things like that. Um, and I know the series is not like super old, but it is in a time where we did see less yeah. queer characters in media. So it's understandable. Um, especially if you're thinking of the author as a straight person for him yeah. to include those things is nice. Um, I think if the wheel of time was written today, I think he probably yes. would have included more, uh, queer characters. Definitely would. He had his wife, Harriet, that was, um, his editor. I'm not sure mm -hmm. if I'm telling you something you didn't already know or not, but, um, she played a big role in bringing a lot of the women characters to life by giving him some advice. And I, I kind of get the gist you know, he was a, he was a soldier in, in the war. Um, I kind of get the gist. He was, you know, very heterosexual, probably accepting of homosexuality, but just not very knowledgeable about it mm -hmm. is kind of the gist that I got. And I do think if he was like in later time, we, we probably would see more gay characters in the books as it is. It's, it's very male gazy in a lot of ways. There's a lot of um, yeah. arms crossed beneath breasts. You had to have <laughs> <laughs> tugging her braid, crossing yes. her arms beneath her breasts. That that phrase specifically pops up so many times. She had her arms crossed beneath her breasts. I'm like, okay. The thing that bothered me the most. <laughs> yeah. With Jordan's male gazy stuff, the thing that bothered me the most. And I'm not hate talking by any any means. I love this book. It's my favorite. But when the women um, of the Aes Sedai would have their sitter meetings and they were like forced to like disrobe 
and like expose their breasts yeah. to each other. That's definitely a weird move that I'm glad they strayed away from in the show. It's <laughs> yeah, it's such a strange thing, especially because <laughs> you at least have um, I know it's they're, you know, uh, uh, one of the chosen. Was it Arangar? The thing is, I've read all these names, but I haven't spoken them. Oh, yeah. Same. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> the person that could uh, that channeled Sidene, um, however, they were presenting as female. OK, yeah. I, I don't remember the name either, but I, I uh, it was you. like there they were in the Aes Sedai camp, uh, the rebel okay. camp. It uh, was Delina's secretary. It was a Halima, maybe. Let me see. Oh, yes. Thank uh, you. I hear those keys are tapping. Uh, tapping not those our, keys. Our listeners will be hating us in the comments for not knowing this, especially me. I'm supposed to know this stuff, but. <laughs> yeah, it's Arangar. Okay. Um, you're right. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, so the reincarnation of Balthamel. Um, yeah. And their character was interesting because exactly, they yeah. were channeling. Um, I said Sidene. Is that the male version? Yeah. Sidene. Yes, that's right. Uh, so, and also that that magic as well, having a male version and a female version, it's like, hmm, well, that's an interesting, interesting system. Um, right. And I right. think this character specifically made it even more interesting because uh, it implies that there are possibly other channelers that aren't forsaken um, that could be channeling uh, Sidene that are typically presenting as female or Sidar that are typically presenting as male or born as male. Um, I, right. I, I like to keep that in my head as like how it is. It might not be what he intended, but uh, because he gave us one character like that, I'm clinging to it. Right. <laughs> that, yeah. It, it does seem very like um very, what is it? Dual binary. Like only two genders exist in this universe. And there's yeah, only which... <laughs> two forms of magic and you have to fall on either camp and it's like perfectly split. So like mm -hmm. there's only one character that falls outside of that realm and it's not even because they see themselves as a different gender. It's because it's just so happens that they were, you know, reincarnated as a different gender against their will, basically. <laughs> um, which does still implicitly make them a trans character yeah it they does. have a female body but they consider themselves to be male so they are a trans character and they exist they happen to be very evil and terrible <laughs> um <right. laughs> but they exist and the fact that they exist just to me implies that there's more of that in the world. So there are queer people in the wheel of time mm -hmm. uh, to me and my head canon. Um, and I think it has support in the text from that. Um, so mm -hmm. knowing that it's very weird that the sitters are like, let me bear my breasts. It's like, what if, uh, what if mm -hmm. uh, one of them doesn't have breasts? Like what, what if one of them just does not um, sure, that sure. happens? Like, <laughs> I mean, statistically, just, one of them does not. I'm sure of it. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> it's crazy um, when you, like, really dive into it uh, like that. But, yeah. it's There's some, some weird things that I'm glad that the show seems to be changing and doing differently. Hey, 
Steve from Sweet Shot of Time here to tell you about our latest sponsor, which is Zencaster. It's how we do our podcasts now. Zencaster is great for connecting with others because I can connect with other people. I got them all on screen with me. I can record them super easy. And the best thing about Zencaster is it, well, to me, the best thing is it records locally. So if I'm recording with someone and their Wi-Fi connection is weak or they're cutting in and out or something, it will still record everything they said perfectly. I might not be able to hear it while we're recording, but in the edit, all of it's there. I love it so much for that reason. Um, I always get a good, strong connection with Zencaster. Uh, it really makes it really easy to edit the podcasts afterwards. And I guess the main thing about Zencaster is, for me, it's free because I'm sponsored by them. But for you, you can start off getting 30% off if you use my promo code, which is Sweet Child of Time, and you can start out with that 30% off coupon. Now, there's some stuff that I have to tell you, and I'm going to tell you right now. Go to Zencaster.com slash pricing and use my code, Sweet Child of Time, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. If you want to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs, it's time to share your story. Woo! Sweet Shot of Time is sponsored by Promoco RVA. Recreational use of marijuana is now legal in Virginia. But where do you get it? Google up Promoco RVA. That's spelled P-R-O-M-O-C-O. RVA and schedule services with these guys. Sweet Child of Time can vouch for their professionalism and their products. They have wide varieties of vapes, flour, edibles, everything you can think of. And they're open from Monday to Saturday from 11 to 7. You can schedule your own appointment at your convenience, get verified online, and it's that simple. Promo code RVA for your Richmond, Virginia needs. Or if you're in D.C., you can visit their storefront at 1813 18th Street Northwest. Or just check out the uh, link in this description notes. Hey, Promo code, thanks. One of the main themes of the book is very heteronormative, which is there's a female version of magic, a male version of magic, mm-hmm. and the way they work best is if they work together and they're designed to work together. There's always like a female and a male version of everything. And that's Mm -hmm. pretty much the only way to like defeat the dark one is to join those two forces together, which is, which is very like, I don't know of its time, I suppose. Yeah. Um, But that is like a huge theme of the book. But I think that goes to show that like no two people ever read the same book ever yeah (laughs) because you're bringing your own experience and perspective into it but i just i don't know i think it's interesting that you were talking about that and that we're going on that discussion here when i was just listening to um wheel of time spoilers which is another podcast i'm a big fan of and i geek out on them all the time but um yeah that's something that one of their episodes they towards the ending had a big discussion about you know how male and female have to work together and how that's one of the main themes of the book which yeah. I don't know, is interesting. <laughs> I, w- I wanted to know, like, you know, if you could change any of that, if, if you had to say, if you were like one of Robert Jordan or Brandon Sanderson's editors, do you think there's a way that they could switch that around a little bit, make it more um, inclusive? I think if they did add more 
they if if they wanted to keep that track, keep the side E and side R working together, um, they could have introduced more characters that are born male or born female that are channeling the opposite of what they think. Yeah, um, there could have been more of that yeah. to make it more inclusive. Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I it's definitely that is one of the major themes of the book but also a major conflict in the book there's Mm -hmm. always this he says it so much that i'm like have you ever he says he's like the men don't understand the women and the women don't understand the men i'm like do you have you ever had a conversation with a woman have you ever (laughs) have you ever had a conversation with another man like (laughs) you can go one of two ways here like everyone no one can understand each other because people are wild and crazy or you should be able to understand the women in your life that doesn't it's so like so yes or no there's it's so uh black or white with that it's no there's no mixing there's no uh any of that with um the women and men in this in this series um which is very strange and interesting to me when you consider the atha and mir uh the sea ship people Mm -hmm. or the um uh or the Shan Chen or anything like that. Any of these people that have like uh, different views on right. um, sex and things like that. The Aiel as well. Yeah. Um, the Tuatha'an. Like all of them. Uh, the traveling people. They they all like, you know, you have the main characters of the book from the Two Rivers. They're very, um, very, very stubborn. Um, but also very like tra- conservative. Yeah, I'd say um, that. Whereas all these other people are like, no, our breasts are like, they're out. They're out. We're on the sea. Like, why are you looking at my breasts? We're, we're doing ship work. Come on, get it together. (laughs) Um, But you have like Rand and Perrin and Matt, like blushing and being like, oh my God, Mm -hmm. what's happening. (laughs) Um, So you have this acceptance of like the body and sex from these other cultures, but they also have that. "Mm, I don't understand men and I don't understand women. And it's just (laughs) such an interesting, like little tidbit in the series uh, that, that, that that is how it is. So it's all about poor communication. It seems like 100%. (laughs) No one can talk to each other. No one knows how to talk to each other at all. So it's like among the three main guys, well, I see the three main guys, Rand, Matt, and Perrin, they all think mm-hmm. that the other two are more smooth and can talk to women better. Yes. Every, <laughs> sing- every single and time like, they bring up women, they're like, Perrin and Rand are so much better with women than I am. Or Matt and Rand, they're so much better. It's so funny. They're all great in their own way and they don't even realize it. But if they like communicate with each other, they could really be like a well-rounded person because they all have these (laughs) distinct qualities that could help each other. The all women five do- of all all five of the originals and and well we'll say six including elaine all exactly. six of them uh just could really have solved the issue with the dark one in a day if all of them mm-hmm. had just worked together and talked <laughs> like if all of them were just like let's all be on the same page let's all have each other's backs no we're gonna be stubborn and weird and secretive the entire time yeah the ladies did that too like nine yeah uh, like Egwene and Elaine did a lot of the same stuff, the same comparing each other and thinking each other were better than the other. And 
Well, except for Nynaeve. She knew that she was better than everybody else. <laughs> Nynaeve's like, I'm strong, but I can't channel. I'm blocked. <laughs> that was the longest block in my life. <laughs> yeah, for real. Oh so you said you God. watched the TV show first. Is that correct? I did. I did watch the TV show first. What interests you into um, getting into it in the first place? Uh, the TV show? Mm-hmm. Um I just saw that it was this new fantasy series on Amazon. Um, I had just watched. It came out around the same time as Lord of the Rings or was that season? Yes. Yeah. yeah, More or less. Sure. Yeah. So it was was around the time I was watching things and I was like, oh, yeah, let me get into this, Um, especially because it had Rosamund Pike in it. And I I enjoy her um, because she also did. I really care a lot, which is another gay film. Uh, so I was like, let me, let me, let me see what she's doing. <laughs> um, and yeah, that's, that's kind of how I got into it. I didn't get into it enough to want to read the books from season one, but season two, by the end of that, um, especially with Egwene, uh, being a badass, I was like, mm-hmm. let me, let me read these books. Let me see what's, what's happening. And there's so much that is yet to come that seems like it's going to be very epic. And we've only scratched the surface so far. So I I really hope they can keep it going. And I'm glad it's improved from season one. Um, There was a lot of flack about season one, especially from the book readers. And I don't know if you've gotten into the book community at all. Um, Nope. But yeah, it's a tough community (laughs) to be part of. Um, I'm going to be honest. Uh, I've only found my community within a certain group, a certain subset of the Wheel of Time community called the Wheel of Time. What is it called? Yeah. Wheel of Time TV series. Mm -hmm. And it's a group of people that have read the books and watched the TV series on Facebook. And they seem to have more or less the same vibe as me, um, which Mm -hmm. is like, I like this. This is great. Um, I'm not going to kill anybody for their opinion about it. I'm not going to belittle anyone who doesn't know as much as I do, because that was a big problem with me when I first got into these books, I would go to the message boards, um, tour.com. And, um, Mm -hmm. what is the other one called? Um, the white tower, I think Tarvalon, Tarvalon, that's what it was. And -hmm. I would try to get into conversations and ask questions and just find myself being belittled or like insulted or ignored or just like, Hey, I'm just trying to talk about a book. I don't understand why there's these weird vibes coming out. Yeah. And it just seems I'm not going to talk trash about the community, except that I am, I'm going to talk trash (laughs) about the community. It just seems like a very unaccepting lot. And especially when it came to the TV show, they were negative about it from the get go. Mm -hmm. Um, And I didn't love the TV show when it came out, but I was happy that it was represented on screen and I didn't think it was terrible. I didn't love it. I never like professed that I loved anything about season one, but I did like it and I liked the characters and James liked it. You Mm -hmm. liked it enough to continue on. So that kind of, I like hearing this because it like screams in the face of like my opposition of the other people that are like, you know, the book is pure. This TV show is garbage. And you know, I don't know. It's, it's a hard thing to be part of. I find that a lot of like online communities uh, around fantasy novels and um, or even other TV shows or, you know, it could be in a genre. It's not just limited to fantasy, but a lot of Mm -hmm. like 
uh, big online fandom spheres like that uh, can run very easily into the toxicity. Um, you see that a lot with, especially the circle that I follow, you see with like um, the D&D groups, uh, some of them are a little more toxic than others for fandom wise. Um, so I feel like that's just a, a thing that happens when you put a bunch of nerds in the room together, um, which is unfortunate uh, because we should all just love this media. Um, but it doesn't always happen that way. Um, and, yeah. you know, it could be the traumas. It could be the traumas that are leading people to do that. And if it is trauma leading you to belittle someone that loves the same media you do, then I hope mm. you get help. I uh, hope you get some therapy there. <laughs> I do like our, our the um, that TV show group I was telling you about, though. I've, I have found a lot of comfort there, and that's pretty much where I post all my stuff. And I, I, I do delve into the Reddit groups occasionally when I want to get to some discussion, but I try not to voice my opinion too much because I, <laughs> I do not like getting shot down, and I take things very personal. So That's <laughs> I, fair. I that's don't fair. like I, it. And- that's probably why I don't venture into these groups either. I've read so many books that do have fandoms uh, and I could probably very easily go into those fandoms and like find community. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm also afraid of just like being shot down or being like belittled yeah. and things like that. So I, I just, I don't, I just sit with my, sit with my thoughts in my own little head cannons <laughs> uh, and occasionally talk about them with someone else. You mentioned that you uh, that you like to stick to books that have like a queer theme, but like, what mm-hmm. is like your favorite like um, genre of book? Um, I really love uh, high fantasy, anything okay. with dragons or urban <laughs> fantasy. So, really, fantasy all around um, is my is my go to. Every once in a while, I'll sit there and read a little little sappy drama, a little sappy romance, uh, gay romance book. Um, but for the most part, I stick with fantasy. Okay. Can you like, cause for me, I'm like, um, like when it comes to music, I like to really delve in and get in some really mm-hmm. underground stuff, but that's just music with books. You're like dedicating for me. Like it took me two years to get through the whole series. Remind oh, our wow. listeners, how long did it take you to get through <laughs> the wheel of time series, Corwin? <laughs> okay. So according to my Kindle stats, I bought the first set of five books on September 23rd. Um, I didn't start <laughs> reading every day until October 7th. Okay. And I finished them on December, uh, December 8th. So, uh, let's see how many days it's like 60 days or something like that. And that's for all 15 of the books. That's for all 15 of the books. Um, I'll let him look up his stats before I start, um, (laughs) expressing my disbelief (laughs) and yeah, 62 days from October 7th to December 8th. That's about how long it took me to read all 15 books. Uh, granted, I had to travel during that time. Um, so there were some days where I read for like 15 minutes. Um, but then there are some days where I read for like six hours. So it, it all evens out probably to about three or four hours a day. Um, it seems and, like you retained those... a lot. I mean, just talking to you just now, I mean, you, you've retained a lot of the information because I was afraid you would not have reading them that fast, that much information. And mm-hmm. like, you know, there's 4,000 characters. There's 4,000 named characters. So I was... I don't, so many. There, I can't tell you the amount of times I had to to 
jump to the wiki real quick to see like to be like, wait, which which one was this? <laughs> which character? Which Aes Sedai is this? Okay, okay, it's that one. Okay, great, great, great. I'm good. Uh, so I did have to do that a few times while I was reading. Um, and I did use his glossary at the end of the books a few times as well oh, yeah. uh, to refer back to like what character they were randomly mentioning, um, especially when they were like getting into the great generals and things like that. I was like, wait, wait which, which one is this? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm just shocked that it, that you went through it that quickly. It might be a world record. I don't know. It could be. <laughs> I, have to, I have to ask because I mean, yeah, 62 days is about how long it takes me to get through like one book, um, mm-hmm. one wheel of time book, I should say. Um, that's amazing. So you read a lot and you retain a lot of information. So I need to get, like I was saying before, I don't really scratch into a, I don't really get into a lot of underground books and don't really go beyond what is on the main shelf. So mm-hmm. like I'm a, you know, Stephen King, Patrick Rothkiss, um, mm-hmm. oh, you know, Robert Jordan, I, oh, yes. George R.R. R. Martin. So all the main big guys that are already uh-huh. rich. So could you recommend for me and our listeners something that's like along the lines of like Wheel of Time, Game of Thrones, um, Patrick Rothkiss that it, we might not have heard of? Um, actually, I do have one. Uh, it is called uh, The Lock or no, The Nightblade um, by Garrett Robinson. Uh, it is a queer fantasy book. Um, the Nightblade is the first one that he wrote. Um, it's actually The Underrealm is like the name of the world. And there's like a bunch of books in the world okay. uh, so far. Um, there's like he's got three trilogies or something like that out or the one that started with Nightblade might be seven books. Um, but he's got, he's got quite a few books out and then he's got some books that he, um, I think he's got a discord and fans of the books have also like written some. Um, so he's got this like series of tales from Underrealm that are written by other, other people for that world. Um, so it's a really cool, um, yeah, yeah. Well, (laughs) fan fiction, but also Canon because he, he published it. Um, he published it as a book. Uh, so there's like, it's an interesting world. It's high fantasy. Uh, it has elves, but they're not quite elves. They're, they're very alien. Um, and then it has, uh a very interesting magic system that revolves around like four different types of magic users um it's been several years since i have read it so i need to refer back to um refer back to the books before i could like delve into them Mm -hmm. uh but one thing is like there's like alchemists or something like that that they can touch things and transform them uh there are some magic users that use telekinesis and their eyes glow but they have to be able to see the thing they're they're lifting um Mm. and yeah it's there's also people that can transform their bodies um but very limited. Uh, it's a, it's like a really interesting magic system, and he he delves into it really well. Uh, I need to refresh myself on it um, in the future, but uh, definitely highly recommend it. The Underrealm 
by Garrett Robinson. Um, Heck yeah. Okay. And they also, it's, it, he has talked about wanting to include queer characters and queer people in his books. So they're very heavily like included. Um, the, uh, there's even a whole trilogy written from the point of view of a trans man. Um, so it's, it's really interesting and really awesome. And because of the magic system, they're able to like, actually like, uh, perform magic surgery, um, to make people more comfortable in their own bodies. And it's, it's great. It's beautiful. It's a, it's a beautiful series. Uh, so that was that, that's the closest I think to one of these big fantasy epics. Um, the other one I, like is the Lock Tomb series by Tamsin Murr. That one is more space opera, um, necromancers. Uh, it's very interesting. It's very difficult to uh it's very difficult to like understand everything that's going on, I'd say. Okay. Um it's very written very very well uh written like one of those fantasy novels like game of thrones or something like that where you're like there's so many big words here there's so many big ideas here where i'm like i don't (laughs) i'm not smart (laughs) enough for this sometimes Uh, (laughs) but like once you because it's it starts off sort of as a mystery and once it like the author does really well with just giving you like tidbits of information uh tidbits of what's going on um so like once you pull those together and once you get through the books you're like oh i understand what's happening um (laughs) but it takes a minute to get there uh and i i just really enjoy i really enjoy them for that Um, that's how wheel of time is for me though like i um Mm -hmm. sometimes i have a hard time you know comprehending what's happening especially when he starts getting into like describing action describing fights describing battles i'm not really fully into that i honestly i think that sanderson did a better job with describing uh, action and battles than (laughs) robert jordan did um i do like how robert jordan did it i don't think it is um i don't think it's easy to follow because a lot of it is seeing like flashes of movement flashes of things happening so you're like what the hell is going on and i think that's what he meant to do because he wants the the reader's imagination to i'm putting words in his mouth but (laughs) i think he wants to use the reader's imagination to you know decipher what's happening there but brandon Sanderson gave a little bit more of a, a guided tour to the action than than robert jordan does yeah i agree I like when I, I'm thinking of like four or I guess three types of authors right now. Um, one would be, like I said, Patrick Rothkiss, and I would put like um, Chuck Palahniuk in this oh, category yeah. mm-hmm. where like, it's really easy to read. It's like, it's almost like having a conversation with someone. The comprehension level is, is very high. You can, it's just easy to pick up on. And even if there's a lot of weird stuff going on, it's kind of explained to you. Yeah. Um, then you have like Game of Thrones, which I'm a big fan of. And I love the thing that they did in Game of Thrones a lot where they would have a lot of um, background action happening that would get kind of described. Yeah. And then as you get further into the book, you realize that background action actually had a, 
a bigger role than you realize, or maybe that mm -hmm. was like a main character that was in disguise at some point. Wheel of Time kind of does that as well, which I like because there'll be a lot of mention. And if you do a reread, which I highly recommend a reread, it's very fun because like, for example, your first time through, you did not know that Celine was Lanfear. And you did not know that the old lady that was at the, the, what is it? The stone, the stone of tear was also land fear. And like, um, Elsie, like that's, that's the book I'm reading, obviously the dragon, mm -hmm. Reborn. <laughs> but like the, the, <laughs> the girl Elsie, you know, like they talk about her in the first book and then the third book, she has a different, you know, a different kind of vibe about her. And the reason is, is she's actually land fear in disguise again. So it's like <laughs> you pick up on these things like your second time through, but the first time through, it's just kind of like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's not a huge revelation. Whereas the second time through is a lot of aha moments going on. I See, guess. and that's, that's where, um, having watched the show first, I was spoiled with knowing that that was Lanfear. Um, because oh, right. when okay. she showed up, I was, when she showed up in, um, they weren't in the world of dreams. They were in a, one of the parallel worlds. Yeah. They uh, were like when they did the, um, the flicker thing through the portal stone. It was a portal. Yeah. Stone. The portal stone, which those disappeared until the last book. They were right. like gone. And then suddenly there, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> we're using portal stones again. Got it. Um, that was another thing that, uh, there's so many things added about uh, the power um, in the books that they just never refer to again, <laughs> or they'll mm -hmm. like it's referred to in the very first second book or whatever. And then it'll come back in the last book that that to me was very strange. Um, but I also understand because you give so much, you give so much power um, to these characters. You're like, I got to give them a little more conflict. So I got to just kind of <laughs> conveniently forget this exists. Of course. Um, but yeah, I, I got spoiled with the show with knowing that was Lanfear. When she showed up, I was like, this is around the time in the, this is around the time in the, the, the show that he met that innkeeper. I'm pretty sure this is Lanfear. Um, especially when they were like, she's so beautiful <laughs> and all that. I was like, that's, that's Lanfear. <laughs> well, of course the show spoiled some stuff for you. That goes without saying, was there anything spoiled for you in the books? Like before you started reading that you kind of wish hadn't been spoiled or like any big surprises that stuck out to you? Um, I didn't, I, I, I did go in thinking that, Perrin would have a wife in the beginning and he did not. Um, so then when I was reading, I wanted to find that character and <laughs> where the hell they pulled her from uh, for the show. Um, because I had, when I watched the show, the very first viewing, very first episode watching it, Trollocs attacking them and the blacksmith, Perrin beating the hell out of that Trolloc with the, the axe right. um, and then turning and killing her. My first thought, seeing that scene first time, not being a Wheel of Time fan yet, not knowing anything about the world or anything about the books or anything like that. I was like, why was she trying to kill him? You, you know, that's interesting because I did not pick up. I did not get that vibe. Like I said, none of us watch the same show. Um, yeah. James and I agreed because we rewatched it and we didn't 
we didn't catch that. We I didn't get that vibe that she was about to kill him. I saw it completely differently. Well, because you see, if you watch it, Karen is beating the hell out of that trollic. He's raging. And then he hears something behind him. He turns just swinging because the only thing that's going to be behind him, you know, aggressively is going to be a trollic. But it ends up being his wife. Um, And the way he hit her, he hit her in the side. If she was just coming up to, to Perrin to be like, we did it. Why was her hammer up in the air holding it with both hands like she was about to swing it down on his head? I was under the impression that she was fighting another Trolloc off to there the There weren't sky. any other Trollocs. They were all dead. Do I need to watch it for a third or fourth You gotta time watch now. it for okay. the third or fourth time. You gotta watch it. Watch that scene because she straight up looks like she's about to murder him. And I have been waiting to have a conversation with someone that read the books and watched the show to talk about that because like she was going to kill him. That is me as a watcher, not knowing anything about the show. That's that was my take. I was like, oh, his oh, his rude ass wife was uh, because we only see before her him being like, I love you. And her being like, I know. Mm -hmm. And just she comes off as so uncharismatic, so unlikable. Didn't want to be at the Um, party. She wanted to be working instead. Yeah. Yeah. And and so when I watched it, I was like, oh, she just took her opportunity to try to kill him. She she was like. Oh, the Trolloc did it. Um, that is that is that was my thought was that she was like, oh, we've got to talk. This is a great time to kill my husband so that I don't have to be married to him anymore. Um, well, she, not even I, thinking about like dark friends or anything like that. Um, so, yeah, that that's my take, because why else would she be standing close enough to hit him and close enough for him to hit her with facing him and with both hands up? holding the hammer above her head about to swing down <laughs> at this point, having not rewatched it yet. I, I don't believe you. I, I, no, I, don't, believe you. <laughs> I don't agree with you, but I am going to give you some more fuel. If you would like, I'm going to give okay. you some more fuel. Okay. Um, she mentioned, not she mentions it's um, Patton Fane. The actor who plays him mentions how Layla and he were like buddies, and she was always really happy to see Pat and Fane. And of course, we know Pat and he Fane is like one of the worst, of worst guys. Right. Yeah, Pat and Fane there's is one, awful. There's mm-hmm. one more feather in your cap, and here there's another one as well, which is the fact that um, Ishmael can get to his dark friend buddies uh, through dreams. He doesn't need mm-hmm. to actually go visit anybody, he can just go in their dreams. Yep. Which is the reason that we have Tuathan and Aiel and other dark friends that normally would not have access to Ishmael. So it's very possible that he came to Layla and her dreams. It's very possible. The only reason that she married Perrin was he was Taviran and was tied in with these guys. And she was kind of instructed to do so. Mm -hmm. So those are like, I think those are like three. I got a, I got another feather for you. Okay, go for it. No, for you or for me? For you. Okay. Uh, the the nightmares that uh, Perrin is having of her being dead, mm-hmm. um, we've established in the books, at least, uh, and we established later in the show, uh, that wolves are not, not shadow spawn. They're not mm-hmm. evil. They're good. Right. 
the nightmares he's having, the wolves are eating her. The wolves are trying to get rid of her. Well, so that's a feather in your cap then, because that's yeah. more proof that she's a dark friend. I don't have any, I don't have any feathers over here. Well then another feather for me, another <laughs> feather for me, uh, that she's a dark friend, uh, because the wolves did not like her. Uh, it is interesting that, yeah, like you said, there is no Layla in the books. They had four. There is one. She, <laughs> she, oh? she does show up in the two rivers. She is a two rivers, uh, resident. Um, her name is mentioned briefly once when Perrin goes back to okay. save the true rivers from the Trollocs. Okay. I'm glad to hear that because I was like, why did they invent another character when they had like nope. 4,500 to choose yeah. from? <laughs> yeah. Her name's there. She exists okay. uh, in the true rivers. She's just, she like, they randomly mention her or she like says something random, uh, during that whole, that whole bit with Perrin and the two rivers. Um, all I need. It makes me, but, <laughs> but there's no indication in the books of her being a dark friend or anything like that. Right. So maybe she was a dark friend. I don't know. <laughs> I, I fully think that she okay. was in the show. I'm going to watch show, She was straight up a dark friend. She was straight <laughs> up going to murder bear. If she wasn't a dark friend, then she was just a very unhappy wife that was going to murder her husband. <laughs> <laughs> One of the two. Now, I'll tell you what I was spoiled by in the books, and it was an accident because, you know, I started reading the books first. Um, I started reading them actually um, waiting between seasons of Game of Thrones, and I was done of done with Game of Thrones books. So I started picking up Wheel of Time. That's how I got into it. It's just I wanted to read more fantasy at the time. So I, I was reading the books, and I was like, you know, going to um, tarvalon.com or tarvalon.org, whichever it is to get some answers. And I was spoiled to the fact that Egwene was going to become the, um, the armor seat of the, uh, rebel tower. Mm -hmm. I was spoiled, uh, that Matt was going to lose his eye. And I was spoiled about Perrin, um, becoming a dark friend or becoming uh, a dark, friend, a wolf brother. <laughs> Take that back. He's not a dark friend. He's a great guy. He's not a dark friend. <laughs> Just his wife is. <laughs> Just Apparently. his dead wife. Just his dead wife. But also, like, Fail comes pretty close, too. Come on. She's terrible. Uh, right. So let's get it. Why did not they not use... I guess we're going to meet Fail later on. Yeah, um, we've got to. Talk about toxic relationships. Like, this couple so had the, the most toxic relationship I've ever read in a book. And I've, I've admitted this before many times on this podcast with James... My favorite book characters, it's like a tie between Nynaeve and Perrin. Those are my two mm -hmm. favorite. I can't decide which one of them I like the most. So it's um, really upsetting to see Perrin in this relationship with Fail, who like I find very hot, like the way she's described. It's like she's like my type, but she's not nice at all. I would not want to be not anywhere nice. near her whatsoever. <laughs> um, I don't know if you had any thoughts about their relationship or if maybe Bear Lawn would have been a better choice for the guy, even though she was dark too. She, yeah. I mean, that's, that's the other interesting thing is the way Jordan and Sanderson used her, Bear Lane, um, because she seems like so... Like the Aiel love her mm -hmm. and you're like, why? And ev like everyone loves her for some reason. And then suddenly like she's, she's got this side where she's like, I'm going to steal Perrin from you mm -hmm. to fail uh, because <laughs> fail was being an asshole. Um, 
so I don't know if he should have ended up with either of them, really, because they were both kind of <laughs> bad. Um, but as far as like attitude, I guess I would have liked Berlin with Perrin instead of Fail until Fail uh, got captured um, and had to do her stint with the um, the uh, Savannah and the the terrible mm-hmm. um, the Aiel. The uh, what do you call them? The the Shido. Yeah, there you go. Um, that's <laughs> that's the word I was trying to think of. Gotcha. Um, the Shido. Yeah. After her stint with them, she was a lot better. And I was like, OK, I can I can stand reading this again. It's like <laughs> she got the- a job. She got a job like in public service and she had to learn how to deal with the public. And she finally like got. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, oh, I understand other people exist. <laughs> I understand other people have thoughts and feelings that aren't mine. Um, the thing I don't understand with her is that she they're like, oh, the Saldeans have are so fiery and they want to argue and all this stuff. And she is smart enough to like know as much as she knows about the world and her training with falconry and like mm-hmm. uh her combat training and being a hero of the horn and oh, like yeah. all this stuff. And she's grown up around royalty. So she has like a big education and all of that, but she apparently has not had any sort of education in how to treat people or right. how other people think um, because oh, her she... parents are awful too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, Bashir was great. Bashir was great. He was, he was awesome. The only moment I didn't like Bashir was when he, uh, when he was being manipulated in like the last book. Oh, well, yeah, I guess you're right. I guess I should put more thought on the, on, um, on her mom than anything. Yeah. But I, she got a lot of bad training, I believe. It's just like, okay, you expect your, you expect your husband to stand up to you and do all this stuff. You can't, he's not going to do that if you don't communicate with him. That's right. He grew up in <laughs> the little town that thought that, you know, a place twice as big as it was a grand city, not knowing mm-hmm. that the rest of the world exists. Mm-hmm. He came from a little corner of the world and she knows that. And she's been in that little corner and she's still like, no, you've got to, you've got to fight with me or I'm going to be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> it's so frustrating how much she just does not communicate with him. And he, yeah. he tries, he's like, I'm trying to be kind. I'm trying to be soft. And she's like, no, that's not what I want. But doesn't say that's not what she wants. Just gets pissed at him. <laughs> it's it's dumb. I mean, my introduction, my, the introduction to her, I think, is um is not terrible because you're introduced to her as like this royalty. But she actually wants to go, you know, be a hero of the horn and have adventure. Yeah. And, stuff. and like so my my initial impression of her was like very high so i think that's why i felt like a little betrayed by her towards the end yeah i liked her so much at the beginning especially with her like uh because when she showed up that's when perrin saved gall from the white cloaks and stuff so Mm -hmm. uh she she just witnessed this and was like you know what you're interested i'm gonna follow you i'm like cool another cool companion that (laughs) moraine's not gonna like um but Otherwise, great, a great, great moment. And then and then you start getting her personality. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> please throw her off a cliff. I do not want to read about her anymore. I do not want to read about Perrin being upset anymore because she's being an asshole. Uh, 
you brought up uh you just brought up something that that made me remember that there there are more queer characters than we remember in the Aiel culture. Um mm-hmm. I can't remember their name, but you mentioned Gaul uh, and yeah. Gaul got Gaul got mixed and Bane. Up. There you go. They were in the okay. show. He got mixed up with them and they were definitely like a like a lesbian couple, correct? Like they were yeah, they were first sisters, so it was never explicit whether they were, but it seemed like they were. Yeah, they were in a sense that, like, mm-hmm. they, you know, we can infer that they were created that they were made first sisters through the ritual that the wise ones did with mm-hmm. uh, Avienda and Elaine. Um, so there might have there might have been a, a you know a relationship with that. We we don't know much. We don't, it's, but they, they we don't know much about the Aiel. They yeah. were like they were like a, I guess a threesome couple. Like so that's definitely like yeah. out of out of the ordinary. <laughs> it was one of those moments where Gaul is like, "This is my girlfriend and her girlfriend," or "This is my wife and her girlfriend." Like it was. <laughs> it's one of those moments of a throuple, but it's just it's one person that loves two people, and the the two people are like, "I'll just tolerate you." <laughs> Well, man, I guess we should start winding down, but I never asked you um, who your favorite characters are of both the book and the TV show. Um, I also love Nynaeve when she's not being stubborn. Um, <laughs> I love Matt when he's not being stubborn and he's hard weird about the, the Aes Sedai. Yeah. Um, Moraine is great. Suan is great. I oh, okay. I love Suan. I, the whole time... Surprise. Every single time okay. she starts talking, <laughs> she starts cursing, uh, starts talking about about fishing terms. I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah, leader of the Aes Sedai doing this, <laughs> having this moment. She's great. Um, yeah, what? I think those are those are my favorites. I mean, yeah, I, I can't argue with that. I mean, I can't argue with your opinion, of course, but I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> it's interesting. I don't really hear a lot of people um, saying that Swan and Moraine are their favorites. Usually it's always, you know, Matt, he, he's a big, big mm-hmm. one, Nynaeve, Egwene, Perrin. Those are usually the four that get mentioned the most. Or Men. Yeah. Men's a really interesting character. That, Men is interesting. And I hope, um, she, hope she gets played up more in the show because it seems like she's very background. I mean, she's there, but... I, I want to see more men. She's she's probably like in my top 10 of all the characters of the, of the book. Yeah, I think because we haven't really gotten to the part of the show yet where she is prevalent in the books either. Right. Because like she just shows up in the, the beginning and is like, yeah, I see things. And then uh, then she sort of kind of disappears until uh, the issues at the tower. Um with Suan. Um, I think I love her because she seems to be the most, she has such an interesting journey um, throughout the cycle of the books and uh, complete spoilers. Her death devastated me. Mm-hmm. I was, I saw it coming, but I was like, Oh, please, please. But they <laughs> killed her anyway. She was a very like grounded character that seemed to like just have, I don't know, an above average like um, emotional intelligence and mm-hmm. just a good perception of other people. And she never acted like out of pocket or anything. Like she was, I don't know. I, I, I just got the vibe that she'd be a great person to be a friend with, um, 
a very stable <laughs> good yeah. person that'll give you good advice. Yeah, I would. I would. Swan and I would be BFFs. We would have a great time together. Oh, I was talking um, about men, not Swan. <laughs> oh, men. <laughs> I have a different opinion of Swan. She does crack me up with her fish stuff. I do respect that she's a more grounded person, and she is. That's the kind of armorillon. Uh, that's how I say it. It's wrong. <laughs> that's the kind that's of okay. armorillon seat that I like is like somebody that has, you know, seen all aspects of the world that has been through, you know, hard times, good times and everything in between instead of just somebody like, you know, I hate to say it. Um, like say if Elaine hadn't met our crew and she yeah. had become an Aes Sedai and then she had become the armorillon seat, she'd be like a queenly armorillon who'd, probably wouldn't be in touch with the small folk as much as she should be. Yeah. Whereas Swan there's, is. <laughs> there's definitely a lot of, especially Elaine trying to learn curses <laughs> and trying to learn cuss words um, and rude things to say. You're like, mm -hmm. she's, she's definitely out of touch. Um, same with her brother, Gwen, same with, uh, um, Gallad. Yeah, Gallad. Like they're, they're kind of out of touch. So I, mm -hmm. I feel like Swan adds a nice, dynamic to the Aes Sedai because she's not um so face calm statue right um which they're yeah there's there's so much we could go into uh, <laughs> well there is the Aes Sedai. I have like a whole list of questions here I was going to ask you and I haven't asked you hardly any of them <laughs> so this is <laughs> it's very good news Corwin <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts and feelings. <laughs> and I want to know them all. And we're going to. Um, but yeah, I guess we're going to wrap it up here, Corwin. How are we going to wrap this up? Usually um, when me or Lindsay or James or Nate will end the podcast, we'll talk about who our least favorite and most favorite characters are. We just talked about who our most favorite characters were. So let's talk about who you absolutely don't like we'll leave a little bit of trash talk and, and then we'll do some plugs so fail um, fail we already <laughs> did talk about fail we gave her lots of trash talk we talked about layla are there any other characters that you just do not like i'm just gonna kick fail while she's down again okay. just kick her right. while she's down and savannah fuck savannah savannah <laughs> is absolutely worst. and i'm gonna <laughs> speaking of savannah like her boy kulon what was his name kulion oh yeah um he was the biggest jerk head i think i've he ever was, seen yeah and that yeah he he was a dick uh <laughs> and just so wrong about everything and knowingly he knowing <laughs> he knowing he was not the kara karn uh, mm -hmm. took all of his people and was like nah I am the car card it's like you are Delulu you do not you got some man to put dragons on your on your arms and decide that you're you're the chosen one That's uh, right. the chief of chiefs and you are not he's a poser dude he's a total poser. You're a poser and I'm so glad that Matt murdered him I'm so glad that Matt Matt took him out on the field I usually don't condone murder, but I have to agree. Like that was, that was a satisfying one. It was. Uh, I love that just Matt just ends up in situations and you're like, Oh, Matt. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm on the dragon reborn. So like the eye of the world, Matt is okay. But like the second book, 
there's not a whole lot of mat and you only see like, um, like mad, crazy mat. So you really don't start mm-hmm. loving them until like the point that I'm at right now, which where I'm at in the book right now is when, um, uh, Nynaeve and Egwene and Elaine send Matt off to go send a message to Elaine's mother when after Matt yeah. got healed. So I'm starting to get into the good stuff right now. I was going to get you on the show, um, like in January or February, and we we're going to compare notes where we were in the books, but then you finished the books in <laughs> 62 days. Plans did not work out. So now we're just going to be talking. <laughs> I finished them so fast. And now I have other things that I need to read. Yep. Well, let's get on to some plugs. Do you have any plugs you want to get into this week or anything you want to recommend besides what you have recommended? I mean, I, uh, I, I am on a few episodes of Mostly Speak in Sentai, and mm-hmm. uh, I do have This Movie's Gay, which you've mentioned. It is on hiatus, but it will come back eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, go go listen to those. Go listen to those things. Uh, and then I do occasionally stream on Twitch under uh, twitch.com slash corewinning. Uh, it's corewin with a Y, and then I-N-G at the end. Those are my... Those are my plugs. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thank you so much for coming. I'm definitely going to have you again because I have more questions to ask you. <laughs> and we can go into much more if you wish. Uh, but for right, But for right now, um, I want to thank you very much for coming on to the show. And let me get into my outro here. I hope that you, Corwin, and that all of our listeners always find water and shade and shoes. Bye. 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 <laughs>